When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. Another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Cheryl Glassford. Come right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos. Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, the great folks at Lakerholics.com, the great folks at Lakersball.com. Go ahead and be part of the conversations there today at Lakerholics and Lakersball.com. Make sure you go ahead and subscribe below Joe. That's right. Below Joe, right there. Please go ahead and subscribe below Joe today. Good evening to Terrence Harvey. Appreciate you joining us on today's program. Sorry, we were a little bit later than advertised. You know, I think a lot of people were expecting us to be on a little earlier. Apologies due to some unforeseen difficulties. But go ahead and subscribe below Joe today and be part of the latest notifications on when we go live, or at least hope to go live, with our next shows coming up this week. Plus also as well, our good friends of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. And if you can support all of that, it is sincerely appreciated. Well, the Lakers have some decisions still yet to make, or have they made it? As training camp is just around the corner, three weeks away. LeBron is going to do his mini camp here in the not too distant future himself, just before training camp to get everyone back in shape. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of basketball in the not too distant future. NFL football is around the way. College of football that dropped this weekend. Fight on, Trojans, fight on. But I will say that, you know, there's a lot of things going on in the sports world. But with all that, there was still the Donovan Mitchell trade that went down this past week. The week before, Kevin Durant made clear his intentions on staying with the Brooklyn Nets. So with all those mock trades that we hear at Lakers Fast Break, Lakerholics, and NBA analysts all over have been making for the past few months. Has it been all for naught? Is it time to give up on a Russell Westbrook trade and just come to grips with the fact that Russell Westbrook will be part of the roster and it looks more and more like he'll be part of the opening day roster as an active part of the Los Angeles Lakers? 
the benefits or whatever you could say out of it, quote unquote, of doing a wave and stretch that ended on the 31st. So if they waved and stretched Russell Westbrook now, it would actually not be, it would be even worse than if they did it here a couple weeks ago. So that's pretty much out the window as well. So it's looking more and more like Russell Westbrook is going to be part of the roster. And here today to talk about, is there time to still go ahead and do a Russell Westbrook trade or should we just come to grips with it? It's a good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at LakersBall.com. He is hovering around LakersBall.com always as Ox1947. It is Joe Sorrell. And Joe, great to have you here, my friend. Glad you made it. Glad someone made it for tonight's show. Your thoughts on this, my friend, because I know Laker Tom on at Laker Tom on Twitter is still trying hard at Lakerholics.com. He's still trying hard to go ahead and throw out those trades, but it's looking more and more like we should start realizing or come to the realization that Russell Westbrook is going to be a member of the LA Lakers. I'm going to wait till opening night to see what this management is really made of. At this moment, there's two things that are going to happen. Russell Westbrook will be in the starting lineup playing like nothing ever happened, or the Lakers smarten up and just send them home. Those are the two two options right now. There's no trade out there that's going to get done at this point uh, that's going to fancy the Lakers or Utah or Charlotte or New York. The Lakers want to preserve some flexibility next year so that they can actually retain someone or somebody to start focusing on winning a title. Uh, I would say they're going to throw the confetti in the air at the moment now or whatever, throw the sticky ball on the wall, see what sticks at this point. Hope that by some miracle, Russell Westbrook turns into 2017 Russell Westbrook. But that's it. There is nothing else, guys. It's 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 uh, the 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 off season's over. It, it's it's over at this point. I don't I don't see anything. And I, I don't. I just don't see anything happening anymore. And I've I've seen that for probably about a month now. Uh, so get ready to watch Russell Westbrook uh, if he does end up playing, doing what was what was Russell Westbrook does. And to add more misery to it, we have to watch and look at uh, Patrick Beverly do next to him. Well, again, that's something that is becoming more and more reality for Lakers fans out there. I know this is not what most Laker fans wanted to see because of just how bad the season went for Russell Westbrook last year and the aspects of his game and how it has not matured over the course of time really is not what would accentuate the best Lakers team at this point in time. It really does not suit a purpose. And you can go out there and still make all the Utah mock trades or the Indiana mock trades all you want. I actually made one the other day with Atlanta, which was very interesting. I know they won't do it now, but if Russell Westbrook is still available at the trade deadline, Atlanta is just not doing very well with this latest acquisition. Maybe interested. Maybe we'll see what happens there. But yeah, I think the mock trades right now are just going to be mock trades, and it's getting closer and closer and looking more and more like Russell Westbrook is going to be a part of this roster, and whether even if, like it or not. Yeah, even if the Lakers – why would they Why would they then trade – I mean, they're, they're, they're a few months away from 
the season finishing at that point. If they're not in, they're not going to be in title contention even at the All Star break, no matter how good they play. It, yeah. It's a it's a waste of resources. Uh, it's a waste of giving up resources even then. The easiest thing they could have done was is, is just letting letting him know that there, he has no part in what's coming. And unfortunately, we also still have to deal with Patrick Beverly. I, I just don't think that was a good trade. Aside from my personal, no, not personal, but my uh, my my own assessment of of of, of that player, he's he's you don't I don't I don't understand. If it's for a thirty-one-year-old Patrick Beverly, I think I would be more stronger in my disagreement with you. But it is a 34-year-old Patrick Beverly coming off the worst season of his career as far as shooting-wise. He did actually improve on his assist ratio, so I will give him props there. But I don't know. At this point in time, I, I really don't know what kind of Patrick Beverly at 34 years old you're going to get. It was a salary dump that didn't require draft assets to be included. That's the only reason why they did this trade. I don't, I don't see any value other than that, and they need to start preparing for next summer, and knowing how they're going to construct. Uh, I'd say the last couple of years of LeBron's career. I know it's weird saying that we're not even in the training camp this year, but I just don't see any, I don't see any benefit of of those players. LeBron and and, and AD might end up having a all. Uh, NBA season, and that's what I'm really hoping for. Uh, but it's those guys are not going to be the difference makers in the playoffs when you need your third and fourth guy. Uh, they're one one is uh, selfish and egotistical to the point where he's a detriment to, to team basketball. The other one's just a mouth, and those usually don't work when it matters. Uh, it's easy. It was easy for Dennis Rodman the mouth. Uh, all over the place when he had Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen backing him up, but we don't have the, the, those type of guys uh, on this team. So, and you know, I Dennis Rodman was ten times the player, but Patrick Beverly was. I just don't like the image of what the team is. I, I, I think image does matter. Image does play a factor in my enjoyment of watching the Lakers. When I was watching the Lakers in the early two thousands, you looked at Derek Fisher, Rick Fox, Robert Ory, Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant. Horace Grant, you know, these are the kind of guys that did the studs, you know, they were all studs. AC Green, even in 2000, in his swan song years, they, they just, they, they had an image about them on top of the fact that they were, you know, good players that, that you, you can cheer for, you, you enjoy watching these guys play and, 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 and supporting them. And lately it's just not been that it's been the last year and a half it's been miserable and you know benefit of doubt i guess you know we've had such good things in the past and maybe this is a, a a dead area but i'm i'm not i'm just not excited i'm not excited about what's coming because 34 year olds don't get better in the nba and if you're not you don't think he can give you one good season at least on the defensive no. end well how what in what way well, look at the, again the statistics as we've been we here at the show and obviously ESPN at the time of the trade, they tooted out as far as the second lowest. What's he, field goal is, percentage. Is, is, is he going to brag about guarding Lonzo Ball? Is that what you're talking about? Those kind of players? What's going to happen when he's got to cover Durant? 
he's going to have to be guarding whoever the best backcourt players. I would not put him against Durant, of course. I I know he'll probably want to play against Durant, but I don't think he should. Is is he going to be able to handle Kyrie in a game? Is he going to be able to handle Steph Curry? Is he going to handle Clay Thompson? Or is he going to be handling? But at least maybe they'll slow him down. Maybe just even a a little bit. I'll tell you what. It's uh, I don't I don't I I don't I don't see any. I don't see. I've been watching that guy play for a few years now. He does nothing. He does nothing for me. Uh, he's not. Bruce I kind of disagree with you there because I think he does a little bit of something for me. But at 34 years old, even I'm going to question. But I didn't think the move was bad. Tht is an individual I don't think has the greatest of futures unless he totally redefines his game. Sure, he might actually score well on Utah because there will be not a lot of options outside of Colin Sexton and Lowry Markkinen. So maybe he'll get some run. Maybe he'll get some points. But the fact that the kid actually cannot shoot 30% from the three-point area is going to be a hindrance to his career unless he actually reshapes it. So I didn't see it as a total miss on it. And if, okay, let's say he flounders as bad as Russell Westbrook did last year. You know, it's $13 million off the salary cap. At the very least, for next summer, I don't yeah. think that's a bad deal. No, it's not a bad deal financially, but we're not a team that worries about money. Well, but. I mean, it just frees you up. It's not money as far as expenses, but frees you up for getting other individuals for maybe a better run at free agents or maybe trades for more available players, better available players this time next year's next season. Because it looks like this summer really was somewhat dry as far as the options that the Lakers could do to build their team. There's not really a lot available next year, but there are some players should they decide to test the market um, that may be beneficial for the Lakers. I think. uh, Well, I told you, look at Atlanta, start off with Atlanta. They could do a deal. I did this in the trade machine. I know because everybody's gone to the trade machine. I did like a John Collins, Clint Capella type deal that, you know, with the cap space that, you know, Russell Westbrook has, but combine that with cap space that both him and Beverly leaves behind, that's $60 million right there. Well, I know gonna... it's part of its tax. I know because of, of LeBron AD, there's tax involved. So it's not actually $60 million that would be available, but still. It, you know. it, it, it's, it's, Next year's crop is going to be two or three guys. That I think I, I heard could. as much as 30. The Lakers could have maybe 30 to 37, 35 million dollars as far as available for signing or trades. Yes. Too bad. So now who who would fit perfectly on this team? Uh, Chris Middleton comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Should he decide to test the market? Uh, Andrew Wiggins is going to be a free agent. Should he not sign an extension or anything like that? And we know that Golden State's starting to really creep up into the crazy numbers now with their repeat tax situation. Uh, I I, I don't think they're going to sign Wiggins to a max max deal. Uh, A little bit of me, a little bit of it tells me that we need someone that's going to be able to assess the team a little bit more like what they, in, in a way like what they did before we, uh, after, after LeBron came, after LeBron came, he had his 18 season, 18-19 uh, season, didn't make the playoffs. We traded everybody for uh, Anthony Davis, and then we kind of constructed the team from there. Um, I'm, Paul has a good point, though. Can you build a contending roster in today's NBA that's top-heavy with two or three stars and minimum contract guys with no middle range? 
That's a good question because the Lakers 2020 championship team had some middle range players and it wasn't all just top heavy. That was way they were able to go ahead and you know play with the salary cap enough to go ahead and provide for that. So that's an excellent point. Having two or three stars and then the rest minimum contracts, it's going to be hard to go ahead and go. Through Not anymore. You know, the, even even LeBron, uh, Wade, and 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 Bosch, to some degree, struggled in those four years. And I say struggle in that they should have won f- at least three out of four. But to me, when you you when you have three guys like that in their prime, you're and again, people will argue that Dwayne Wade was start, sort of going down at that point towards the end. But uh, it's it's too much uh, it's too much of a burden uh, to, to just have it on three guys. Those three guys would have to play healthy all all year long, play healthy throughout the playoffs. It it it, it, it's, it is a burden. I mean, because uh, you're going to see the teams right now in the league that are at the top or that are going to be at the top of the. Western Eastern Conference are going to probably be a Boston, which has a nice depth chart, even with the Gallinari injury. You're also going to have like the Clippers, who, if they're healthy, are going to go 10 deep. You have like Phoenix, which has always been a D team the past three years. You have Golden State, which is a deep team, even though they had losses of free agents, they still got those rookies that they're going to try and plug in there. Not the rookies, but the young kids that they're going to plug in there. I mean, at the top of the roster, Philadelphia, the Sixers made some really smart moves to go ahead and build depth on their roster. To me, depth is a very important key to going ahead and being able to take it through the long haul of the NBA NBA season. You have LeBron who's going into his 20th season. It's important at this point for the Lakers to probably have a little bit more uh, foot soldiers that can cover cover his, his back. The whole point of Russell Westbrook coming was to do that. That was yeah. the that was the initial thought process and why some of us thought it would work. He is a ball handling available guard. How how did we not assume that at least if if you played him in a situation you knew you were going to start him, right? You knew you you know, you knew that LeBron and AD and and Westbrook on the court at the same time was going to need a little bit of work. How is that going to work considering Westbrook isn't really a good shooter or whatever? But we gave it the benefit of the doubt because LeBron, you know, is is a basketball savant. So if 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 Frank Vogel could develop an offense where he was able to get some good passing lanes or you know, get some good basketball go get to the hole, LeBron would find West, Russell Westbrook and Russell Westbrook would be at the at the basket scoring points, right? What we didn't anticipate is Russell Westbrook's inability to make a simple layup. And if he can't make layups, he's toast. And on top of that, his desire to play good team good team defense was atrocious. Those two things pretty much derailed the entire thing, regardless of who was coaching, regardless if LeBron or AD were injured. You're still you're still not doing the, the fundamentals. This team made its championship run based off of team chemistry on the defensive end. The year that we lost to Phoenix because of AD getting injured after game three, that team was still very cohesive on the defensive side, yet the offense was always going into those three to five-minute um 
droughts almost every game. And yeah. Rob overcorrected on that. He said, well, if we're going to, if we can, if we can, here's what I think happened. So being that LeBron and, and, and AD were gone most of the year that year, and they were still able to play good defense, I think Rob, and this is just a theory of mine. This is my interpretation. I'm not saying this is what happened. I'm thinking Rob probably thought, man, those guys didn't even play, and we were still a really good defense. What if we got, you know, a third star? Maybe Frank can teach the next crop how to play defense and have them be effective, and then this time we'll have a third guy who's a third star who would compensate for those droughts. And I will say, I'll say this. I, I know Paul is a huge Utah fan, and I love uh, when he comes back watching us here on the program. I really think that if Utah would say, and I know they want draft picks. I know Danny H wants draft picks. But if Utah did a deal with the Lakers because they don't want their, their veteran players on the roster, they want to tank and tank hard. If they would be relenting and not give the uh, and give the Lakers uh, those three Clarkson, you can even throw Conley, you can throw uh, who else? Oh, Bogdanovich, you can throw those three in there without draft choices. Which I know Paul would say Ainge wants a draft choice. If you could do without draft choices, I'd take that. But again, you that's can't. It, that's you it. can't bring in Conley or. I mean, I guess you could use them. But they're additional years. I know they're additional years. Yeah, the additional years is what's killing that deal. It's not really so much the talent. I would love to have Clarkson back. Again, he'd be the perfect six man on this team, right? You know, he'd he'd play his role. Bogdanovich is somebody we need because he can shoot, right? Um, I don't know how good he is on defense. I don't think he's that good. But we definitely need some some shooting there. Uh, If there was a deal to be made, it would be some form of a, a Beasley... Bogdanovich, and then some other kind of sort of expiring contract. Yeah, Beasley, Bogdanovich, and Clarkson. If you could give me that, I would probably be okay. Okay, but if you try, get, if try you, to stay if away you, from the draft. Picks. You 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 might have some value with Clarkson at the end of the year if you needed to move him to clear up more room. So I would say, yeah, that would definitely be something I would look into. However, I'm I'm not giving them an unprotected pick for that. I'm sorry, I'm not. I, I would tell. No, Ainge, they're just complimentary players, and yeah, and I, I tell. Think Paul I would even admit those guys are complimentary yeah. players. I would. I would tell. I would tell uh, Ainge. I'll play. I'll play halfway with you. Okay, I'll give you a first round pick, but it's it's lottery protected. I'm not just going to give you an unprotected pick. Heck, I would give them two. I would give them both 27 and 29 lottery protected picks. So you 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 can take it. You could take a shot at that. I'm not. I'm not too worried about the 14th overall picks in the NBA for the future. This, it's very rare in our in our in our league in this league where a 14th pick anywhere in the in the early teens where you're going to have this shape shifting player that's going to you know take over your franchise. Uh, I just don't see that happening very often. So it's a little bit easier. I mean, there to are risk. only a few off the top. I mean, I can mention uh, Atentacumpo and Donovan Mitchell off the top of my head, but there's not too many more so Giannis, in recent years. In recent Yo- years. Yeah, Giannis, you could, the, the most recent year ones in the teens has been Giannis and Kawhi. Uh, Donovan Mitchell. I, I don't consider him a franchise player. Well, I consider, he's still been an all-star. 
Great, great, great all-star, but he's not – I'm not I'm talking about, like, okay. Fran- shape-shifting. Franchise. I'm talking about shape-shifting. I agree with you there. Okay. Championship-type players. Before that, it was uh, – the, la- the last memory of that is, is, is Kobe, but I don't really count him because he, he, he was an anomaly at the time. No one assumed a high school kid, especially a, a perimeter high school kid, would, would become what he became. That's just no way of really knowing that. So, really, in, in – in the history of the NBA, you're, you're talking about two probably billion-dollar Powerball-type luck players that turned into and, – and, you know, you can even argue that even Kawhi, to some degree, was – you know, he had he was under the wing of Tim Duncan and Tony Parker and Manu, Manu Ginobili, and he kind of played that. That, that kind of helped his ascension and Greg Popovich, where Giannis is the bona fide, like – Powerball at 1.1 billion because he came in with massive amounts of raw skill, just raw. Nothing you didn't know what this guy was going to be. You just knew he was raw as heck. And he just turned into not only a physical specimen, but also a mental specimen. His mental game doesn't get propped up enough. How amazing his focus is on how to adapt and how to play well and how to deal with scrutiny you know that's something that people don't champion enough and i don't think the nba does a really good job marketing him enough because he's greek and his english might not be as, as smooth as let's say um a chris paul or, or 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 even an anthony davis but um i i say that it's it's not it's not in, it's not the norm I, you can risk those things at this point because you do have a lebron james and an ad in his prime you you can risk those lottery protected picks if you have to if you feel like you can get some players right now that can make a difference i don't see a deal this late in the game it would have to be a favor it would have to be something where you're watching it you're like wow i, I didn't i didn't see that coming i i didn't know that heck i'm still surprised that danny did what he did for 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 the lakers but i know he still has more work to do because he does not want those vets on the roster, he does not want to get close to mediocrity. Dan- he wants to get close to the bottom as he can. Then, then, then Danny needs to go. Look, I got seven freaking first round picks. I can unload a couple contracts. If the Lakers can help me out there, Lakers figure out a way to go. Okay, I'm going to take on some of these contracts that are beyond 2023. Maybe we'll, we might be able to move them before the summer. Should we? get interest from a Chris Middleton and he wants to come for the max. There's a lot of things here that, that are in play. I, I don't know if Rob is equipped to, to, to dealing with it all. I know he's really good with the salary cap because he, 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 he was an agent and owned an agency uh, before he became GM of the Lakers, but I don't know how good he is at, at making the right channels to the right deal that you need. I don't know. I don't know that. I, I, I don't. I never really considered the AD trade a, a an amazing trade. That that's a common sense thing. You give everything up for a guy like that. They did that. They had, and you know, it benefited us in a, in a title. LeBron came as a free agent, so that's not something that he didn't come here because of Rob Polinka. He came here because he wanted to be here. Number one, and Magic Johnson, being one of the clutchest people in basketball that ever lived, closed the deal. That's what magic does. And it's one thing that I want to tell everyone that's listening, that's a Laker fan. This is one of those things that's going to happen here in the next six to seven months where 
Rob is either going to be, or Jeannie's going to be, or Darvin Ham, or whomever, whomever is in charge, whomever, whoever is management, coaching, whatever, they're going to look like a genius if anything here works. And if it doesn't, they're all going to look like chumps. Because that's if kind it of goes a... south, right? If it goes south right away, my gosh, it's going to yeah. be ugly. Well, I'm I'm not surprised. I'm telling you right now, I'm not. I'm not going to be surprised at all. As a matter of fact, I was surprised last year. I'm not going to be surprised again this year. This year, we have set the table in knowing that we have. We only have the hope that AD can be healthy and LeBron will continue to do what he does without getting hurt which is not really realistic, uh, in my opinion, for a 20-year vet. As, as much of a specimen he is, you can't be surprised if he rolls an ankle and is out for 15 games. I'm sorry, but that's this is reality, people. Um, I'm expecting AD to, to, to do something. That's something well, I'm going to Let me put. ask you this, because Greg Harris brought up a great point. He said AD has to show that he wants to be a Laker or ideal him at the season's end. He wants to clear as much cap space. So that means Beverly, Westbrook, and AD gone by the summer of 2023. I know you have said that you want one more year for AD to prove himself. That he can be consistently healthy, consistently in games, and consistently playing at a all-star or above level. So... I, I've told you I'm going on that boat with you. You and I are going down the AD River for one more year. But after that, I agree with Greg. If it's not going well, if we have another season of AD like we did last season, then I agree with with Greg and we should just go ahead and cut our losses and try to get as much max space on the cap as possible. For what, though? Who's out there that we're going to go get? Uh, situations change each and every year, my friend, who's not available that you think is on the, on a roster now could become available this time next year. We didn't think Kevin Durant was going to ask for a trade this summer. Did we? No, but I think what, what's happening now and Joe Sy kind of set the stage here, hopefully is The NBA player has taken on way – the NBA player has always had more power. I think it's a fallacy that they, that this is something that just happened. NBA is different. It's, it's different. The, the one player makes that much of a difference. And an NBA star has, had, has always had the upper hand on deciding what his destiny will be. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Bring me all of the Star Trek all of the time, and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible. It's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cool. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. 
Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Well, I think because the NBA players, it's more visual. The NBA players, it's more, I mean, there's only five on it, you know, that play out on the court versus five. You know, it's more visual. They're not wearing helmets. They're not wearing, you know, uniforms that are, that people see and can, it can immediately identify the individuals involved. They can see these, the personalities and on occasion of a lot of these players, like LeBron, like, like so many of the others players, they can see who they are and right in front of their very eyes. That's how come they become to know them more. That's why they pay more money. That's why they get more money. And that's ultimately why that they can decide exactly where they want to go and what they want to, or how they want to go ahead and continue their careers. I think that gives them a lot more part. I I don't think just because of the very game that they play. I don't think the visuals have anything to do with it. It's a skill set. I think it has everything to do with it. The, 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 the the division between an all-star and a difference making player is so big, we don't talk about yeah, that but, enough. But when we talk about, okay, how does the NFL promote its games? Usually the teams and the team names and, and how people follow is usually the teams themselves. NBA fans, they usually are trending towards the individual players. How does the league promote? The league promotes the players as opposed to the teams. The NFL has... You you are right on, on on that to a degree, but there has been a shift. A little bit, a little bit, but come on, you because you're not it's both become a, it's because the NFL's become more arena football. Well, let NBA, me ask you this: Do they promote Dak Prescott or do they promote the Cowboys? Cowboys are are different. Cowboys are the most valuable sports franchise on the planet. That's a little different. You almost promote Jerry Jones more there than you do even Dak Prescott because Jerry Jones is what moves that team. He's the identifier for the Dallas Cowboys, and the Dallas Cowboys are the brand that's more popular than any brand out there. The the thing that, you know, if you want to know how powerful the quarterback position is in the NBA, I'm sorry, the NFL, um, when they suspended uh, Deshaun Watson, he just so happened to be coming back. Because when I saw the 11-game uh, suspension, I, I, I was like, 11 games, that's kind of an odd number. Well, the 12th game is against the Houston Texans. So uh, the NFL is, is has shifted in that realm. The NBA, uh, I would say, has always had the NBA, the NBA player, the NBA great player that's demanded things, has always had the upper hand there. However, what changed this summer was the fact that you've got Danny Ainge who fleeced a franchise from assets for a second year. You're talking about year. Minnesota? You're talking yes. about – Yes, okay. That – that that pretty much kind of woke up the league and said, "Okay, this is this has got to stop. This this has to stop. We we're not going to just unload half of our future, our teams for one guy. We're not going to do that." And Joe Sy knew that. He recognized. He said, "Look, if they're gonna, if Danny Age is going to get this much for Rudy Gobert, that means I have to essentially take." all of Miami Heat's contracts and players and then send them to Miami for this to be equal. I'm just using Miami as an example. And that's just not – it's not going to work. I would have done the same thing, and, and I would have said, look, you're not going anywhere. Like, well, let I me ask get... you this. I mean, Europe, soccer, or okay, football out there, how do they promote? They promote via the teams. I know the players in certain occasions, Ronaldo, you know, uh, I can go into a couple others, but most of the people – identify the teams in the NBA. 
you know, it's about half and half about between teams and the players, especially if there's a star player on that team. Five versus 11 is a different ball game. Plus in football, it's not, it's not really 11. It's actually 22. And then you can add in the, the special teams there too. But again, but, they have helmets on, you know, the whole, it, that has nothing to do with it. G that has nothing to do so. with it. I, I, so. I can, I can bring you sloth from Goonies. If he can, drop 30 points on you no one cares that we're talking about well, Sloth becomes a star people will care no one can look in sports because that's what's great about sports looks social status <laughs> you know, uh, all that stuff doesn't matter it, it's about the talent it's about being able to execute what needs to get done and again the gap between an all-star and a difference-making all-time great is so large guys like Steph Curry guys like LeBron James guys like Kobe and Shaq these guys can dictate really and then you know Durant is in in that category but Durant has one little flaw that has developed since he had left Oklahoma City he is massively mentally drained he looks mentally drained from being a famous basketball player who a celebrity who's gotten just bombarded by the public as a an aloof a whatever you know and that happens a lot in this business you know that happens a lot to where the fame and the the constant barrage of criticism it it takes a toll and it's taken a toll on him and I think that played a lot of played a part in a lot of why he wanted to go he wanted to leave Brooklyn because when I first heard he wanted to leave Brooklyn I'm like why where are you going to go that's going to make a difference now? Memphis? What the hell are you going to do in Memphis? You know? You're going to go play with John Morant, right? You're going to go play with John Morant? Well, they're just going to say, hey, yeah, you went to some team that was, a, you know, one player away, and you're right back to having to deal with the criticism of you're only going to go play with winners. I, I didn't really know what was going on when I first heard he wanted to, wanted to go get traded. And if he was going to go somewhere where they were going to fleece the entire team and then play there – I go, what do you want to do? You want to you want to be Carmelo in New York? You know, you don't want to be Carmelo in New York. You want to win championships, right? Just stay where you are. Kyrie has got one more year left to do something. And if he doesn't, then, you know, he's gone. He's he, out of your he, hair. You were, I, and I know Terrence was actually saying the same thing. You are going to get the best of Kyrie. I am convinced you will for this year. After that, all bets are off. Because this is a contract year for him. He is playing for a contract this year. So he's 30. He's on the wrong side of 30. He is playing for a contract year. If he wants to get any type of long-term contract at a high level, meaning the $150, $200 million contracts, he's got to produce this year. Simple as that. And he knows it. I I believe Kyrie Irving has a ticker in his head that's different than what than most people in the NBA. I'm not disputing that, but I think he's been told by the right people in his life about that very situation. And I think I don't think he values that. money the way most people value money. He 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 sacrificed 17 million dollars last year to 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 go with what he wanted to go with. And I don't I don't see how that makes any difference this year. Why would, he goes into the summer going, you know, you know what? I do care about money. I think I'm going to play hard this year. I don't think that has anything to do with it. I think Kyrie is one of those guys that lives in the moment, uh, absolutely in the moment at that time, at that moment, and he makes his decision based off of that moment. 
right or wrong, that's what he does. Uh, where, where, where my frustration is with the team, uh, it, where it keeps piling on, is, again, this image that we continue to portray as just a, a, a cluelessly run organization um, by certain just little, little acts here and there that show up that, that just, it's things that I don't, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't do in my own business, my own life. Uh, and it's not one of those things where you're, you're, you're sitting there, you're like, uh, yeah, you know, uh, it's not that it's not like, it's not a difference in management philosophies. It's, it's, it's stuff that, it's just stuff that's like, do you know what you're doing? Do you really know what you're doing? We're going to have to wait, guys. We're going to have to wait. We've exhausted this discussion to the point where we're going to have to wait now. You know, and I'm praying I'm wrong. I really am. I hope I get wrong. I'm wrong two years in a row. Because if we're if I'm wrong, then that means the Lakers are winning. And to me, I'd rather be wrong and have the Lakers win. Lakers winning is a very fun time, and I enjoy those times. And at the same time, looking back on it from the grant, you know, I, I try to be supportive too. It's not, it, I don't think it's, this is the part where I think it's not fair, where they've produced such great products in the years I've been watching and even before I was watching that those are the reasons why I don't go away. You know, you see these guys that I remember back in the 90s when Jordan retired, yeah. 90% of the people that were all up in his jersey when he was playing, you didn't even hear about them. They didn't know Tim Floyd. They didn't care about Tim Floyd and post-Jordan stuff. Like, they, a year later, they were all – they didn't even pay attention. They were all a bunch of fair-weather punks. We didn't move. We didn't go anywhere when Magic retired. We were still there cheering for Nicky V, Eddie Jones, Vladi Divac, Eldon Campbell. And I'm going to be still cheering for the Lakers. It's just going to be really hard to cheer for a Patrick Beverly, but I'm cheering for the for the jersey. And I feel that I'm obligated to always cheer for them because they have produced uh, winning basketball, and I've enjoyed a lot. The, some of the I've enjoyed the greatest games in NBA history because of the Lakers, and that's just the last 22 years. They've been talking about before 2000. Just in the last 22 years, we have seen. Bask- enough amazing basketball that I could we could die tomorrow and, and we were satisfied. So that plays that Jekyll and Hyde thing in my head anyways. I feel like sometimes I'll I'll say some things and I'm like, wait a minute, but I do feel like this. But you know what? This makes me feel like this. So that's just kind of one of those things in life where you're you're constantly going back and forth on things. And that's really what this has turned into. I wish it would just be something where, okay, guys, cool. We're, out, we're about to go and get into the season. Let's get excited for opening night and let's go. Instead, we're talking about are we going to have a redux of, of, of West, Russell Westbrook yelling at the media after he misses three layups at the end of the game or, or a defensive assignment, or are we going to be yapping about how Patrick Beverly uh, was mouthing off while somebody dunked in his face, which, you know, you guys are going to have to get used to seeing that this year, by the way. But here's the end-all, be-all this. It's going to make very good entertainment on this show. Absolutely. Hopefully, Laker Tom will not have a heart attack. Speaking of Laker Tom, 
Yes. Laker. Yeah. <laughs> Coca-Cola. He is here in spirit. He is here in spirit. Uh, he said he couldn't make it tonight, but hopefully we'll get him back for the Tuesday show. Hoping to also get a separate episode here with Jamie Sweet and also Sean Grice in the coming week. Plus, I have an episode on the way that I'm going to record on Friday with Stephen Leckert, one of the executive producers of Legacy, the true story of the L.A. Lakers. Right now playing, I think the fifth episode dropped tonight on Hulu. I haven't checked it out yet. I'm going to go ahead and check it out and get my thoughts on it this week. So I will have an exclusive interview with him. Hopefully, if you get a chance, you want to drop a question that I can ask him, please go ahead and hit me up either in the chat room or LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com or at LakersFastBreak on Twitter. I'll be sure to go ahead and relate it to him on Friday. So truly appreciate that and check that out when I drop that out later this week. But before we head on out, my friend, still hoping that John can join us. But if he can't, we're still going to go ahead and finish this out by, again, asking, is it really time to give up on a Russell Westbrook trade? This is going to be an awkward fit. Like you said, it's going to be great for conversation. It's going to be great for all the behind-the-scenes stuff that the Laker reporters will try to go ahead and get. You'll hear all the rumors, the innuendo, all this and all that. All the Laker reporters, I'm sure, are just chomping at the bit to go ahead and see this team come training camp as it is currently constructed. I know Laker fans are not as happy, for the most part, because of how this team is currently constructed, because it does not put us in a tier to go ahead and be considered, or what I think will be even close to, a championship contender. So I still think one or two moves need to be made. You're pretty sure that they will not make those moves in the next three weeks. No. I don't think they're capable of it, and I think the league knows how desperate they are, and they're not going to give them what they want. It's just, It's just, I'm trying to put myself in the thought process of what a what an NBA GM would be thinking. If I'm outside my Laker fandom, if I'm Danny Ainge, if I'm anyone, um, Sean Marks, whoever. Kevin like, Pritchard. Kevin, yeah. I mean, Kevin Pritchard, uh, the, the, the whole Indiana thing has always been a, a weird, a weird thing because I'm, these guys, these guys made a beef with us, with the league office about tampering. These guys are not going to give us what we want. Why, why? I mean, why even discuss it? We know what Danny Age's MO is. We know that Brooklyn, I, I just, I don't know. After about a week or two, I started realizing this Kyrie Irving thing was more just fluff to get you to click on stuff. Because if that was a legitimate thing, I don't think it would have lasted more than a few days. If Kyrie Irving said, look, I want out of here. I hate you guys. I don't, don't want to be here. Then, then they would probably have done a deal right away. But I see, unless we give up unprotected picks, we're not doing a deal. And I would not give up unprotected picks. And the only, the only players you give up unprotected picks for, who's available? No one's available anymore. I mean, this Indiana proposed deal that's been seemingly around almost as much or almost as long as the Kyrie deal for Buddy Heald and Miles Turner I know Laker Tom has actually whittled it down as far as doing three team trades where one pick only goes out, which is actually a lot better than what he was doing before. I'm just saying still at this point in time, I would not go ahead and do it. I just don't what? think Miles Turner, Buddy Heald and Miles Turner does not move the needle far enough in the right direction. 
not to give up draft assets. Yeah, I agree. Because that, that's your future. That is your future that you're yeah. essentially just giving away. Well, it's it's, it's also players. it's also a precedent you're setting. We're not just going to give up. We already gave up five draft picks for AD. And if you're going to be one of those guys that just turns into the the old, you know, the the, the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Utah Ted Jazz Stepien. in the in the in the in the seventies where they were just, you know, the Lakers kept getting hype. The Lakers won a championship in 1982 and then had the first overall pick that that next month. <laughs> Ted, that, well, there is a reason why they call it the Ted Stepien rule. It, it, it's and it was that wasn't the only one, guys. That the the one that that really set this apart was the Gail Goodrich Utah Jazz one, which got us Magic Johnson. This is these days are gone and they're going to happen again, uh, because of the Lakers, by the way. So all this stuff we're talking about, I guess in the end, you, you can always attribute it to something that the Lakers. I think the did. Celtics did one too for right around for for Bird. Well, that was different. That was there, there was a rule where you could draft players that weren't. Uh, that didn't declare. Yeah, that's so, true. So uh, Red Auerbach drafted Larry Bird before... A year before. A year before, knowing, you know, that's how... <laughs> hey, the rules are the rules. Uh, fair or not, that's what that was at the moment. He took advantage of it and ended up winning three championships from it. So we're in a position now where we have to start setting some boundaries, and that's what they've done, where we're not just going to let you fleece us anymore. We're done. You guys know we're desperate because we're trying to preserve the championship window for LeBron James. The other teams are looking at it like, you have LeBron James and AD, you can suck it. I'm not feeling sorry for you. If you want to take some of our guys, then you're going to have to give us some of your future assets so that when those guys die off and retire, we're going to then own you at that time. I know that I would be thinking that if I was if I was a competitor. So, so let me ask you this. I, I know Greg Harris, and I was on that train for a long time, that I don't think that Russell Westbrook should start the season on the team, because I think he's a, too much of a distraction. Although, again, it does help for our conversations. I really think that I'm in agreement with Greg Harris, who's been in our chat room, that he should be sent home. I think that to avoid any type of distraction, you just you know, you you keep the $47 million on the books, and you just send him home because this is going to be such an awkward fit. If you have a starting lineup between or of him and Patrick Beverly, that's just an awkward, awkward lineup. And I really think, like you said, I, I really have my doubts about it being effective. Yeah. You have two players that are not, they, they don't inspire their team. Well, they don't, uh, Patrick Beverly they don't, would say otherwise. Uh, he doesn't, uh, he, he wouldn't inspire a spider to me. <laughs> If I was listening to a Patrick Beverly as a player, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have any feeling for him. Well, he and does Russ- have the history. He does. I mean, with the Clippers and now the Wolves, where he he says he was, a, you know, and you could talk to people on the inside that said he was an integral part as far as the voice of that locker room. And what did that produce? Did not produce a championship. No, but it did produce improved teams. Gee, I'm gonna I'm gonna start reiterating this. I, I'm giving you the other side of the coin, man. I'm just telling that, you. That's the other that's side. good. That's good. Again, it's gonna make good conversation. I have a quote. It's called "I'm in the results business." I think I've said it a few times here, and I'm gonna continue more than to once. Say it. I think we got to get you a T-shirt. I I already put it on my board, and I'm not a uh, I'm not one of those guys that's gonna have uh, pictures of you know live life. Well, whatever it is, those inspir- I'm not an ins- I don't I don't get inspired by that garbage. 
but there are certain things that I'll uh, one that I really liked recently was the Tim Duncan one, uh, where he, he I think the the quote is I got to read this to you because I, I when I first when I first <laughs> okay when I first saw it I just thought it was great. There really isn't anybody in the world I'm impressed with. Yep. So Terrence Harvey says he agrees with sending him home. I think I, I agree with you. If, if for no other reason, so he doesn't get hurt, keeping a sign and trade alive. Well, I would say at this point in time, just the fact that he is not a viable producing upper echelon guard anymore in this league. I mean, statistically, he's just a bad shooter. Statistically, he's gone down as far as his drives to the basket and his effectiveness there. He's statistically gone down in free throws over the years when usually as an older player, you have a tendency to go up. He's not improved from the outside and he's not willing to go in the corner where he's statistically much better than where he is normally, but he's only taken 3% of his shots in the past two years from the corner. So, and his defense is it what was at its worst rate ever at 113.6 defensive rating. So I don't see any pluses right now. He's either got to go ahead and change his game dramatically in the next three weeks. Otherwise it's going to be another really, really bad showing for him. And if that's the case, I don't think anybody in the league, maybe they'll throw a flyer out at him, you know, as far as maybe signing for the minimum or, Maybe even at the, you know, maybe what the four, six million dollar minimum, but nobody's going to ever give him a long term contract again. So the question now is, is he going to play hard because he wants to get another big contract? We haven't that's, asked that question yeah. yet. I mean, so I'd, is say he that's, play hard? I'd say that's more likely to go the right way than Kyrie. I don't think Kyrie values money like most. And there's some, uh, I, I would say Kyrie is going to have a better season than there's before. something that there's something health, to health barring any health issues. There's something to admire. There's something to admire to that. I, I want to put that out there. I, I do admire the fact that his 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 principal beliefs cost him 17 million. His beliefs were above that money, and I I commend him for that. The issue is this is still a performance based business, and he doesn't play more than uh, 54 games a year. That's not good. Not in my book. You you have to play. And if you know Michael Jordan played 82 games nine times in his career. And one of those years was when he was with Washington (laughs) his last year. (laughs) Kobe, I believe was second with four. Kareem was with, had four as well. To me, you look at those three guys and you say to yourself, four 82 game seasons. Are you saying they played a full 82? And green was the one who was the iron man. Uh, yes, but we're, we're talking about the, the all-time greats, not the yeah. role players. Um, but I love AC green always will, but I'm talking about, I'm talking about the next, I'm talking about the, the top, top tier guys. And I'm not dogging on guys like LeBron who have played 70, 75 games. I, I can consider that a, that's a, a win. Season. If you get 70 games, that's a full season. Again, it's going to depend on the, the it's always going to depend on how the season plays out. If you're playing, four out of five games on the road when you're up 20 games as a one seed, you can somewhat understand if you take one day off there. I get that part. But the issue with Kyrie is he's not there when it matters most of the time. So you don't Um, think even in a contract year, he is going to. I'm going to have to see it. I'm going to have to see it. 
Uh, Bill Parcells said, you are what you are. Right now, here's where we stand as of 924 on 9 4 2022. Kyrie Irving values his principles above money. That's why he didn't earn 17 million more than he could have last year, correct? He only has played on average of 54 games a year. So at this point, I'm just going to assume that's what's going to happen. Uh, AD has an issue with staying on the court. Right now, that's the worry for us. LeBron has a habit of playing and doing his thing when he's on the court. Last Three of the last four years, yeah, he's been injured. But LeBron seems to be there. LeBron is there. And, it, it, and he is producing. The guy averaged 30 points last year uh, a game in his 19th season. Two years before that, he won his first assist title. So when you're talking about what is going on, this is what I'm going into this expecting. And then you look at a Patrick Beverly, mouth, bragging about making the playoffs, and that's his thing. Mm, cool. Good for you. Russell Westbrook. We've, we've gone through this a few times. He's going to be the guy that's going to play un, without control, not focus on making his free throws, and now in the last year missing his layup, missing his, uh, his wide-open layups on a consistent basis and playing uh, absolutely atrocious defense. Uh, I'm expecting that going into the season until somebody proves me wrong. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough indeed. Once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. It's Joe Sorrell from LakersBall.com along with me, Gerald Glassford. Want to go ahead and mention... Terrence, excuse me. Terrence, uh, look, I'm going to tell you this from a guy who's been around money people. I don't care if you're making $37 million a year. Which he is this year. because Those guys don't like to... Billionaires don't like to lose um, a dollar. (laughs) Kyrie is a different guy. He really, really is. He's really different. And again, I there's some things there that I do admire. I, I actually don't I, don't, I don't fault him for doing what he did there, but that's from a different perspective. That's more from a outside the court perspective. But when you're a, a franchise, uh, a Brooklyn Nets, if I was an owner, I might feel different. I might feel different. I'm like, dude, I'm paying you $37 million so that we can win a championship. So it's different. Those are the, those are the things that you got to know the difference. You know there is a difference, and, and I still and, think you're going to get that one good year out of him. I think it's going to be this year. I, I if think he plays well, year. if he if he if he bucks the trend and plays 75 games, because we know Durant, if he's healthy, he's going to be Durant. He's still in a you know somewhat on the last. If they get tail. anything from Simmons and Kyrie plus their shooters, I, I swear a, I forget Simmons is on that team. He is. He has been gone so long. I, I forget he's on that team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess if he play, if there's one team he can just focus on one side of the court, that's the perfect team. Yes. If, Ky- if Kyrie and Durant, and that's probably what, what Joe Sy was sitting there going, look, I got these three babies on my team, but if, if I could just get one year where one is, two of these guys can do their thing and this guy just sit him down and go, look, just, just play defense and don't worry about that the offense – they might get what they want and win a title. I mean, that, just imagine if he's pushing up your offense and playing your defense because if he's healthy, he's one of the best defenders in the NBA. But the question there is if if, if. If, if, if if the guy that's sitting in the second row says, 
you have funny looking shoes. Is he then going to go run off into the locker room and cry about it and then say, I can't come back or drop Philadelphia, drop drop Philadelphia. I mean, come on guys. You think, you think, you think Brooklyn, I mean, I know Philadelphia's, I know Philadelphia fans. They threw snowballs at Santa Claus, man. Yeah. I I have other words I used on Lakers ball for them and I, I won't say it here, but Brooklyn and New York aren't Philly, but they're not that far off. You're talking no. about Brooklyn, Philly. You, you know that's like a that's like L.A., San Diego. And Brooklyn. he knows Unless, he, he, well, he should know he's going to get that during the course of the season. Well, if he knows, I mean, he should have known that he was going to get it in Philly, and he still botched that. Philly should have won a championship with with him and Embiid, but, but he's mentally weak. So I don't know what. I don't know what that guy will do until I see it. Again, going back to what this date at this time, I see nothing coming from there until I see something. Well, Terrence Harvey believes that Kyrie, he he feels he wants to be in Brooklyn long term. Well, he's so. from there. He's from there. Of course he wants I just, to be. again, I, I think it's all down to it's his contract year and you're going to see the best of Kyrie or at least as good a Kyrie as you've seen in a long time, both on and off the court for one season and one season only. Uh, after that, all bets are off. He could go back to being whatever mercurial Kyrie and all that. But if that's the case and you get that kind of Kyrie, you get a healthy or somewhat healthy Ben Simmons playing defense for you. I know that they don't have a lot of defense outside of him, but with all the shooters they have on that team, with Mills and Curry and Harris, if they're all healthy and ready to shoot, plus Kevin Durant, plus Kyrie Irving, my gosh, that's a prolific offensive team, my friend. Yeah, they'll they'll uh, if they stay healthy and they they all play their roles, I wouldn't be surprised if they win it all. And Kyrie would have an interesting resume should Brooklyn win it all. He would have won a title with LeBron and Durant. That's an interesting stat. That would be a real interesting stat. And if he has the the year that, let's say he has a 16 year, 2016 year, there's a very, very good chance they win it all if that happens. He's they that have good. To make, that shooting, though, the shooting around them is the key. I really there's there's no good. doubt I, that they, they – I could see that team beating Golden State in the finals. Oh, no doubt. They have to play a little bit better defense, though. I mean, they have to get a little bit more on the defensive end, I think, than what they have now. But – my gosh, the shooters on that team, that's scary, man. You've got four, five players on that team who have shot over 40% in recent times. All that's they would scary. have all, all, all they would have needed is, is From three. Dr- Draymond Green, who thinks he's the greatest defensive player of all time, to play the way he played in the 2022 finals. I'm sorry. Oh. Yeah, 2022 finals. And, and have Kyrie and, and Durant do their thing, and you would have seen a different result. I... I as a as a basketball fan, as an NBA fan, uh, as an observer, I'm I'm thinking to myself: if the Lakers aren't there, the next one would be. Let's see what Durant does with Kyrie. Because <laughs> it's funny how all this kind of came together. You know, you got Kyrie played with against Golden State all those years, and then you got Durant who was on that team, and now those guys are together. And then Golden State's coming back from their drought. Now they win a title, and it's like when you talk about drama, when you talk about T- must see TV. I I think a Brooklyn Nets Golden State Warrior final would be extremely entertaining, more entertaining than any final that I can remember, other than the the Celtic Laker one in 2010. I I know that the 
the, the Cavaliers and Golden State series were very popular, but I, I never really felt the angst there. Um, I think because maybe LeBron and Steph get along, but you're going to get some animosity in this one. And I think that that builds more, more TV eyes in my book, <laughs> more interest. <laughs> well, it is going to be interesting. And before the season starts, my friend, I am going to do a, a season breakdown as far as who we think is going to go where in both conferences. I'm going to make sure that we go ahead and set, you know, set some time for that because I love season previews personally. I love sharing my opinion, even though it was nowhere close to being right last year, I will still go ahead and, and, see what we can do to provide some type of season breakdown before the season begins. But once again, it's the Lakers fast break. You can find Joe Soro today as Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. Plus also me, you can find out where I'm at, at Lakers fast break on Twitter or Lakers fast break at Yahoo.com. Again, any questions for Steven Leckert, one of the executive producers behind Legacy, the news docu-series on Hulu covering the real story of the LA Lakers. Go ahead and drop it on at Twitter or LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. But my friend, it's been a great conversation. Looks like John's not going to be able to make it for today. John McCallion, he's, you know, go check out his YouTube channel. But any last thoughts before we head on out? Go ahead and check out John's YouTube channel, by the way. Please go ahead and do so. The last three, the last, the third and fourth episode of Legacy have been really good. I was immersed in those two episodes. There were things I learned in those two episodes I didn't know. Um, for those who haven't watched it, uh, I won't tell too much of the spoils here, but I think we should definitely talk about the show once it's over uh, more in depth because it's, I mean, we knew that the Bus family had some issues, but it's not so much the issues, it's more of the... I don't know. It seems like the same things that are going on sort of right now are kind of were happening back then. And maybe us being victims of the moment, we think that, and this happens all the time in life, right? We, we think that this just started happening now. It's not guys. This is life. You get through this crap. And the one that I was really surprised with, and I, I think I might have spoken about this in the last show, just because I don't want to, I don't want to do any spoilers on the last couple episodes. Was I just didn't know how close? I mean, I'd heard about it, but I didn't know how close that James Worthy for Mark McGuire deal was, and then Tarpley were. I didn't know that, and why? And who actually well, made the trade for Vlade Divac? I didn't know that either. So Vlade, Vlade. Threatened not to, to threaten to retire. How how would that have changed history had he said, I'm out? Now, I think a little bit of the common sense factor might have come in. Jerry West was probably talking to Mitch and said, look, he's not going to retire. This is He's making millions of dollars. He's still got five, six, seven years left in his career. He's not going to give that up. And that was exactly what happened. And it sucks, too, because I really liked Vladi. He was... Anytime you have a player that loves being a Laker, you have to love and respect. But at the time, we got Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, what are you, you going to do with Vladi at the time? And those were more uh, position-centric type times, right? Yeah. Now it's more free-flowing. You probably could have put Shaq and Vladi in at the same time and made it work. But back then, we are getting Shaq, Vladi. I'm sorry, but it's Shaq, you know? Whether Kobe was going to be something was 
was unknown at the time. A little bit of me thought, well, they're just trading Vladi for for Kobe because they got to free up something for Shaq. And if Kobe becomes somebody cool, hey, he's a high school player. We didn't know much about him. We didn't know how good he was going to be. Hey, man, if something pans out with that, cool. We get we, then we we double our efforts. Little did we know what ended up happening. <laughs> we ended up watching one of the all time greats, um, and then of course. Uh, one little transaction and or one little thing that happened in between all that was was uh, Derek Fisher being <laughs> drafted in that same draft. I mean, talk about Jerry West should have front row seats at every Laker game, even when he's dead, for that summer alone. Okay, I'm being serious, like. Passed away, he should still have a seat there for doing what he did because 1996, the summer of 96, set an entire path. I, I, I don't even know if generation even computes. You're talking about a, a, a millennial. No, I should say 100 years. Let's say 100 years of, of, of what... They just said it. They said it for a hundred years of, of of a window of, of 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 a legacy for a team in just that twenty year gap, twenty year run by that one guy. It's a great, great show. I thought initially it was starting to kind of look like a real version of. Well, the first time. couple episodes touch on the same things you've seen already twice before this year, so it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to get into. But I said as soon as episode three hits. I think people are going to really. Well, here's the other thing I like too. Here's the other thing I like too. I like when they ask Jim Buss about Genie, and you can see the vitriol in his in his voice. That guy does not like his sister, (laughs) so that becomes entertaining. It's sad, but it becomes entertaining because they were. I think they were asking him questions like, you know, do you remember when he shoot at the wedding? And he's like, no, I don't. I remember that. You could just tell it's like. I don't give a crap. <laughs> I can't wait to start going down that road as far as what happened in the last decade in regards to the family battle over the Lakers. I'm looking forward to seeing how much of that is covered, how much of the, well, the, the they will allow to be covered because well, you the, and I the both Pat, know who's executive producing this along with Stephen Lecker. The, the, the Pat Riley thing too was, was interesting because we always had heard the 1990 season was – was the year where the team kind of said, you know, this guy is not, this guy's kind of, he's, 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 he's burnt us out, essentially. Losing to Phoenix after having the best record, losing to Phoenix in the second round in five, Magic hat winning his, his third MVP and flaming out as much as, as quick as they did. Uh, and they attributed it to him doing the commercials and all that. I just, it's funny how human beings will, will get jealous of things. And then certain, certain players, certain coaches, whatever, will start, you know, living outside their egos a little bit, a little more uh, to the point where they start alienating things. I think he, he had, he had commented about this. Mike Ditka did this too. I remember we were talking about Mike Ditka uh, a few years back. Mike Ditka would get mad at players for doing certain commercials, blah, 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 blah. And then and look, and look what he did. And then he ended up doing the same commercial because this. Yep. And this is the part, people, this is the part that I always try to explain, uh, even to my family members, even to my friends. I said, you need to be careful 
what you say. If you say what you're going to say, make sure when it really matters, you follow up. Just Spoken saying. to you by Joe Sorrell. Right just, there. just know that. Just know if you're going to talk about certain things, don't, don't, don't all of a sudden, don't let me find out you're doing it somewhere else. Mistakes, exactly. mistakes, those mistakes in that situation, look what it did. Pat Riley could have coached another four, five, six years for the Lakers. Could have made a difference. We could have won titles. We could have got certain free agents in that time. Who knows? But what what ended up crumbling it? What ended up crumbling that situation? And maybe Pat realized the mistake afterwards when it was too late, goes to New York, then goes to Miami, is you can't talk out of both places, especially if you're a public person, especially now. Parabolics can catch you these days, too. As spoken by the one and only Joe Soro, the man. So that goes for everybody listening, guys. Stick with your beliefs. Even if it's something that someone doesn't believe in, stick to it. Stick to I, it. I will give you credit for that. No matter how many people you have ticked off on Twitter, you've at least stuck well, to the gun. Well, the thing with that is I have challenged them to come talk to me because I knew they were going to interpret what I said. But don't say challenge. Just invite. Ask them to come on board and hear, hear their well, side. Well, unfortunately, it, it, I hear Kenneth you know, Stone did, and Kenneth Stone is, has been terrific on this show. Well, Kenneth, Kenneth Stone's different. Kenneth... He's been absolutely terrific on this show. Yeah, Ken, Kenneth's part of the show. It's it's a little different. I'm talking audiences. Well, that he wasn't until you said some of the stuff that he wanted. Oh, to is that what brought him out? I didn't know that. Yes. I thought he was here before. You I was brought here. him out of the woodwork there. Okay. So, well, again, because it does, Stone. it does, and I've had again, I've had maybe family even John too. Although John actually is a really great guy as well. So I mean, it's, I've had actually, I've, you know, I've had friends. Fans. Come on, I've, yeah. I have friends now that that will say things like Joe, kind of. Try not to do this over here, you know, and I'll be like, I'll respect, <laughs> I'll respect your thing there. And it is what it is. It is what it is. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how else to be. Uh, Nor should I ask you to do anything else. Yeah. And, and if it came from a malicious place, if, if it came from some other philosophy, other mindset thing, it, it really is going to be on you to assume that I'm not that I'm not. And I can prove it. If you really needed proof, I'm not going to go get it for you. You can go do your own homework. But I'm not going to worry about assuming that – I'm not going to worry that you're thinking I'm something I'm not. I don't care. I'm going to tell you what I'm what I, what, what I'm seeing. I'm, I'm interpreting this. Am I wrong? Again, a lot of this, this stuff is subjective. You you might think I'm wrong. It's not something you can actually go and, oh, it's, it's proof. Well, the Westbrook can, thing, you were wrong. The Westbrook thing was probably the most wrong – Laker move I've I've had ever. I actually thought that would work. I actually thought it would work because again, a lot of people did too. Because because we have LeBron James, we have LeBron James, and think about it. I'm giving you guys the details on why I thought it was right. Okay, and then I also giving you details on why it didn't work out that I didn't expect. So when you're wrong, at least explain the details too, so that. People can see where you were at the time instead of most people get defensive, right? They they get get all butthurt when somebody is ah you said it was gonna work and then you it, it blew up. Well, yeah, I was wrong. Admit wrong when you're wrong. It's always a lot easier to get to the next step that way, right? But then yeah. you also want to give details of why, and then at that point people are gonna look at you and go, oh, yeah, I guess I can't argue that. 
Well, we'll never argue with you. Well, actually, you know, I will argue with you from time to time. I have argued with you from time to time. I have disagreed with you time to time. But again, it just goes off as unchallenged by on Twitter. And that's just well, yeah, you and I are not. I don't because I don't, I don't go off on a 10 to 15 minute it, diatribe. It, it's like it's hard. Do. It's hard to it's hard for me to have, especially now at 44, maybe when I was a kid and I was dumb, but <laughs> I don't get into, I don't get into those type of things. I, I, it doesn't es- escalate to that. I, don't, but I, I think try to respect not. your opinion, but if I disagree, I, I call it. Look, up. I'm going to, look, I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't have feelings to be affected by it. We all I don't, know that. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have feelings. I don't like if I've been insulted many times in my life, it doesn't affect me. It doesn't really, bother I me. I think it would affect me if my kids did it. If they were angry at yeah. me, I'd be like, That's true. what happened? My wife, you know, my sister, people that are very close and important to me. I absolutely care deeply what they think, but anyone else, not really. I'm sorry. I don't. <laughs> But th- this is the part of the show. This is the part of the show that I believe sets us apart from all the other Lakers shows. And the, your favorite sports guy, Colin Cowherd, you know he has a he has a knack for oh, <laughs> he has a knack hard. for putting in real world situations into the sports, and that's what kind of brings in that general audience. Now, the only the only difference between let's say me and Colin Cowherd is. Colin Coward is the kind of guy that probably gets up in the morning and 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 looks in the mirror and kisses himself in the mirror. Like he really likes himself. I'm happy being who I am, but I'm I'm not No I, kissing I, in the mirror. I'm not okay. kissing myself in the mirror. I have another line that I actually said on Laker Ball about Colin Coward, but I'm I'm gonna keep that as a, a fair as enough. A, this is a, G, a PG show, so I'll try to uh, what, keep it I a want PG. To mention this. I want to mention this though before we end on out. Howard Hill says it doesn't matter who is wrong or right. It's the different points of view that add to our intelligence about the situation. Very well said. Very well spoken indeed. But Howard Hill, John McCallion, who hopefully will come back this week for a show. Go check out his YouTube channel. It's really good. Terrence Harvey, Greg Harris, all of you guys have been great. Just truly appreciate it. Big shout out to all of our regular viewers and even people who watch the replays like Petting My Cat. Always a great. Young MB, you guys are always great. Alan Alan, you've also been great as well. Thank you so much for stopping by. It is, once again, the Lakers fast break. We're heading out, out but we truly appreciate you stopping by. We will go ahead and, and try for Tuesday and Thursday shows, hopefully at 5.30 p.m. Pacific. Joe and everybody else that appears on the show, hopefully we can get one of you guys to be on the well, show. Well, we got to we gotta, we gotta, we gotta get the 530s in before the season starts. So Yes, yes, absolutely. Because we're going to be doing late night shows after after, uh, yeah. after October. After the games, indeed, absolutely. We'll be, we will be as our usual course over the season. We'll be doing our – Sorry, guys. I was in Newport Beach uh, today, you know. Well, I was in Newport Beach today. Yes. And nobody bothered to tell Gerald that we were at Newport Beach or Lake or Tom out somewhere. Or JB was the only one who told the me. Plan wasn't, Don, the plan wasn't. Don told me in a couple minutes advance, a few minutes advance. So I will give him credit. The plan I wasn't, wasn't at Newport Beach. The plan, the plan wasn't to be gone that long, but I, I maybe it's should Newport have Beach. anticipated it being a, a good time. I wasn't planning on going to the beach. It just happened. I, I was going to go to some birthday party for some family. And I thought we were just going to go have some cake and 
yeah, yeah, yeah. do the oohs and ahs when they open the presents and, and, and be on my way. But I ended up on the beach. I ended up in the water. I ended up suntanning. I ended up playing football. I mean, I, it was like watching. I thought I was in point break all of a sudden. It was like in point break playing football and looking at beautiful beaches and good stuff. And Is it Johnny, if I remember correctly, Johnny Ringo or is it Johnny? Oh, gosh, Johnny Utah. Johnny Utah. Johnny Utah. So the first point break. I'm a huge, huge Patrick Swayze fan. I think he was a, he's, God rest his soul, he was such a amazing, amazing performer in all things. And yes. he was a staple in my life uh, in the early, late 80s, early 90s. Every movie he was in just resonated with me. Roadhouse, Point Break, heck, even Donnie Darko, even though that's not my type of movie. I just thought Dirty he was Dancing? Aware. Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing was a movie I used to watch with all of my girlfriends uh, and I say girlfriends as in friends that were girls that were athletes and things like that. No, it wasn't, it wasn't intimate. I'm not saying anything, Joe. <laughs> no, look, I, I had a, I had, I a had very, that look though. I had a, I had a knack in high school hanging out with the girls. And again, I had friends that I grew up with that I'm still friends with too, but the girls hey, felt really, they felt, they felt now. real comfortable with me. I, I gave them that, comfortable feeling that you know when when we were doing stuff there wasn't going to be any crazy stuff going on and that's just kind of how it played out but dirty dancing roadhouse ghost point break donnie darko i mean i can name you know red dawn uh, the outsiders patrick swayze just had something and and point break is in my definition the, the 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 perfect example of of the perfect early 90s kind of attitude that at the, of that era and Can't 90s were great reboot of it got yeah. 90s were 90s were great there were there was a great decade uh it slowly has kind of eroded a little bit since but i don't look at this time as a bad thing as much as most because i do think there's a lot of good things here and i, I think I've, I've made a joke about how you you guys have no idea in 20 years people are going to be talking about how man remember the 20s man remember how easy things were because that's how we are man we all think the, the daytime stunk, and then when we get older, like, oh man, do you remember? You remember 2015? You remember how awesome that was? And then you know, it's just, people are weird, man. They don't, don't get it. <laughs> well, we try to get it here at the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate you watching and listening. Once again, go ahead and subscribe below Joe and his Coca Cola today, right there on YouTube. It's for Tom. Really, that's for Laker Tom right there. Hopefully, who will join us on Tuesday. We'll see, but we also have our Thursday show, Definite. Trying to see if I can schedule shows for Sean Grice and also Jamie Sweet. And remember, I have Stephen Leckert coming up on the back end of the week, so I'm very excited for that. Thank you so much for watching and listening to us right here at the Lakers Fast Break. If you have a Laker fan in your life and they haven't heard yet about us here at the Lakers Fast Break, give them a holler. But everyone out there in the chat room, you've been amazing again. Hopefully everyone out there will have a great evening. Happy rest of the Labor Day weekend to everyone out there. And we'll see you soon from all of us right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.